Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that you are all well and peaceful. And I'm sending you lots of blessings and lots of love wherever you are. And I hope that we can see each other in better times, hopefully. Now, one of my main interests is healthy living and healthy eating. I have had a lot of allergies through my life, so I really have to watch the things that I eat, reading labels and, you know, cooking things from scratch is the safest thing. And what is really, really important is it's the old adage that you are what you eat. I really, really believe that. And I also believe that good food is the key to health because what we put inside of our bodies really does have a reflection on all spheres of our life, whether that be mental health or physical or emotional. So the natural way is the best way that I have found for me. And that's why I'm really pleased that I have a really, really great guest with me today who is a weight loss and lifestyle coach, Anne Iachi. Now, Anne is the author of the book, Five Simple Steps to Realizing the Real You. She is also about to launch an online course that she was just telling me about. And Anne went from working in the corporate world to setting up her successful business as a weight loss and lifestyle coach. And she helps people gain confidence, energy, and self-esteem during that process. So I'm very happy to welcome Anne today. Hi, Anne. Hi, Mimi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Thank you for having me. Um, It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Now, Tell us a little bit about what you do, Anne, because I know there's a lot to it. And I know that your journey is a really interesting one personally, because it's your personal journey that, as always, I think with a lot of us, eventually leads you to sort of the vocation of your life. Yep, definitely. Um, So I help uh, people with weight loss and healthy lifestyle. I'm a big believer that um, we can avoid lots of health issues, but also become the real person that deep down we know we can be if mm. we, you know, if we are confident with what we do. And uh, one way to do it is to be at a healthy weight and live a healthy lifestyle. Um, I, I developed a five-step system that um, helps people achieve that, which is quite exciting. And uh, it is a holistic way of looking at weight loss as opposed to just diet. So obviously, as you mentioned, you know, you are what you eat is very, very true. What we put in our body has a massive influence on not just the weight, but on our energy, on our mood, on our mental health and uh, everything that goes with it. But there's also the question of, you know, lots of people trying to eat well, but not succeeding. And then the question is, why is that? So mindset comes into it, habits comes into it, but then you also have obviously exercise, sleep and stress, 
where sleep and stress is a big, you know, it comes also from what you eat, but can also come from external uh, uh, reasons as well. So obviously at the moment, lots of people have financial issues and stresses. Uh, there's lots of uncertainty of what's going to happen with their jobs come, you know, next month or the month after. That all has an impact on how people feel, how people, what people do. You know, it does lead to people comfort eating or comfort drinking. It's all related. Yeah, I had, I actually, um, I'd like you to go into that more detail, but um, I just, what you're talking about comfort eating and comfort drinking. I was talking to a neighbor of ours and um, we gave him some wine because he did us a favor with our cabin, our log cabin. And um, he was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. So we took the wine and I said, look, we got it as a gift. We don't drink, but um, you can have it. And he said, you don't drink. And I said, no. And he said, in all of this lockdown, there's only been two days that I haven't drank a bottle of wine a day. There you go. Yeah. And so um, it is a problem. It is a problem, especially now. And now, before we go into all that you do, Anne, you were in the corporate world before that. Yeah. How did you come about leaving that lifestyle into now helping others with, you know, fit, is it, do you do fitness as well? I do as well, yes. Okay, yeah. so it's fitness and health and healthy eating. Yeah. How did that happen? What was that um, transformation? So I've always uh, been interested in the human body. Um, I grew up as a daughter of a doctor and uh, my dad still thinks that, you know, I would have, I would have made a, a good doctor if I had gone in and done medicine. But mm. somehow I, I ended up in IT um, and I worked in the corporate world for about 15 years or, or more. I can't remember now. Um, and I used to, you know, be an IT security director. I was traveling a lot for work. I was entertaining a lot of clients all the time. And I really struggled myself with leading a healthy lifestyle. I gained weight over the years. Um, I, I have to admit, I am a Haribo addict, although I, at the moment, <laughs> in remission. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I, you know, I've never had Haribo. Really? Oh my God. No, what is that? I, I've seen it advertised. Is it like it's a jelly type? It's like pick and mix, yeah. Pick oh, and okay. Mix. Okay, okay, okay. And <laughs> so, um, that kind of kept me going with energy because obviously, you know, with lots of traveling, you have to get up early in the morning, you go to bed late, you miss, miss sleep because of flights. Uh, train journeys, getting to an appointment for seven o'clock in the morning. So all that really didn't really help my own lifestyle. So I gained weight. I didn't know how to combine a healthy lifestyle with my busy life. And it affected my confidence and self-esteem totally. Um, and I, I felt that I was too busy to be healthy. I had no idea how to do it. Um, and when I did ask for help, I couldn't find anyone, even the personal trainers at the gym. It was all black and white. It was, or you do it or you don't do it, but there's no, nothing in the middle. Mm. And I, I thought there must be a different way. There, it's impossible that, you know, I mean, obviously, yes, I did change jobs, but at the time my work was my reality. So there must be a way for people that were doing what I was doing to be healthy at the same time. It's just impossible otherwise. So I, you know, always enjoyed healthy food. I enjoyed exercise and I just didn't know how to combine it all. So on a fun, fun afternoon out with work or supposedly fun afternoon out with work, I, uh, I had a fall. I tore the ligaments in the knee. And as I was doing the rehab, I looked for a course that uh, I could combine with, with work. So I found a personal training course, which at the time combined some nutrition in it as well. Today, it's a little bit different. Uh, personal training courses have changed a lot since then. 
And um, 2009, the company I worked for got acquired by uh, another company. And I just fell out of love with work. And I just thought, what am I going to do? So obviously, the first thing you do is you're going to look for the same kind of job, that kind of the, the usual stuff you do. Yeah. And because I couldn't find anything that was exciting enough, I thought, you know what? I am a personal trainer. Let's see if what I think I will enjoy doing, I really enjoy doing. And so I went on New Year's Eve 2009, 2010. I sent an email to my boss and I said, Happy New Year, I'm off. And a month later, um, I set up my own business, uh, which went, you know, from being well-paid, stable job to something that I had no clue what I was getting into. Um, but what I really realized by just doing the personal training course or the personal training to my clients was exercise is not enough. And so I did nutrition to the, to the mix. And I realized that although we all kind of know what we should be eating and what we shouldn't be eating, the question is, why don't we do it? And so there's more than just diet and exercise. And there's, there's a, a whole, psychological approach, isn't there, to, to yeah, the whole thing? hundred percent. Because, you know, take your neighbor, for instance. I'm sure he knows that drinking a bottle of wine every night is not healthy. Yes, because it's the way that he, I mean, it's his life, of course. But, you know, it's the way that he looked at me in a guilty way. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, was, I was shocked. Not because, you know, look he can do what he wants but I think I just he didn't seem as though that's what he was doing but um it was his whole demeanor changed and he then went on to say funnily enough now that you're saying this he then went on to say to me you know what Mimi he said I'm finding it very difficult mentally yeah and that's when I said obviously I went into my therapy mode I said well is that because of the lockdown or what is that and he said well it's made me think about my life and now I'm just eating rubbish all the time and drinking so he said I've had a couple of wobbles along the way now and I'm finding it difficult to cope because his work now is he was office based he's now longer going to be in the office they told him he has to be at home so it is, as you said, it's, it's a mindset thing and it's a whole holistic, also, as you said earlier, way to look at something. You can't just look at one part of it. It's a complete puzzle. It is. It definitely is. And one of the things that most people do when they, you know, jump on, on a weight loss journey is they, they find a diet and they just run with it. Mm. But, that, but that's not enough. It's about looking at, you know, what worked before and why you're doing certain things and mm. um, what other things didn't work before and what needs to happen to make them work. If you don't, if you just run with a diet, you're never going to succeed. It's going to work for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks until you go to a party or a wedding or, or a birthday or whatever it is or on holidays and then you're stuck. So yeah, this is the stuck. It's the stuck phase. That's what I wanted to ask you about because I have another friend of mine and her daughter is trying to lose weight. So she went from 10 stone to 18 stone. And it was actually after having a baby. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is she used those words, I'm stuck. She's been to all sorts of places, you know, like Slimming World, Weight Watchers, whatever it is out there. But she can't psychologically get over that point of saying, well, you know what? Stop it. I don't care. I'm just going to keep eating and eating. Now, what is that point? Is that something far deeper, Anne, that needs to be triggered in a way and to be changed as opposed to looking at something well i just want to lose five stone it's 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 probably a mixture of both so obviously mm. the question really is is 
why why do you want to lose the weight that's the first thing finding your why is so important it's it because that's going to be the thing that's going to motivate you when motivation goes because we all know that motivation is finite none of us have you know an unlimited motivation so mm. it's about find the why why is it so important for you to want to lose that weight how is it going to change your life how you know what will you be able to do that you can't do right now mm. mm-hmm. and it's when you ask yourself those questions that then you kind of get to something that touches you enough to push you to make those changes and then it's about looking at, okay, what am I currently doing? What habits are serving me and what habits are not serving me? And those that serve, keep doing them. Those that don't serve you and don't help you achieve your goal, it's about, okay, why am I doing those and what can I replace them with? Right. So it's a whole different shift in your thinking. Yeah. It's for it to be able to have lasting results That's as right. opposed to a quick fix. Let's, let's just drink shakes for three weeks and we'll lose the weight, but that's not really changing our habits and not really, I suppose, teaching us to have a better lifestyle and a better diet. That's right. But even, even when you follow a diet, which is, let's say, a little bit healthier than shakes, unless you solve the issues that you're having with your lifestyle, you're only going to do and follow that diet for a certain amount of time until, you know, something happens, you go out with your friends or or something and you blow it as, as we, you know, as most people say. So um, it's about learning, you know, how to, behave when you're out with your friends without feeling guilty about saying actually no i had a glass of wine thank you i don't want a second glass of wine um but finding that strength to be able to say those kind of stuff is quite often difficult Mm, mm. and if you find your why and you know why you want to achieve the goal you want to achieve it's so much easier you've got this confidence in yourself that you know you're happy to stand against what you normally would be doing. Because I saw for myself, you know, I used to go to a restaurant and I used to look at the dessert menu before I even ordered anything else. Because that kind of, depending on what the dessert was, I decided if I was going to have a starter or not have a starter. And sometimes, by the way, I still had a starter, even though I was a fancy dessert if the starters were nice. But... So I had to change the way I was doing. I I had to change the way I was behaving. And I'm just like, well, I don't really need dessert. So let's enjoy a nice meal. And if at the end of it, I'm still hungry, I might look at the dessert menu. And um, maybe I'll just have a spoonful for one of my friends that I'm at with. But I had to... When you go on a weight loss journey, you need to know that you're going to become a different person. You're not going to be able to achieve your goal if you're going to use the same habits that you have used so far. So you are going to become a different person. And that's quite scary for many people. You know, change is scary. Because a lot of people um, use food and drink and there's lots of other things as emotional crutches yeah so it's uh, in a way to take that away from them is really like taking a part of themselves so it's a it's a huge journey isn't it within ourselves and it's about having that guidance and support along your journey that will help you find some others ways to deal with the emotional issues that you currently use to you know to uh, food and drink to suit them so your emotional issues might not go away straight away 
but it's finding new techniques and how to deal with them that is not food or booze related yeah and that's where you come in yeah okay so if someone was to come to you today and and said you know i want to eat healthily i want to feel good i want to lose weight i want to look good what would be the process that you would go through with that client so the first thing is to uncover the why of the person mm. then look at what they're currently doing mm-hmm. so when someone comes to me i don't i don't give people the diet i just look at what they do for about a week and then i start asking questions why do you do that why do you do that how is that helping you what could you do instead of and it's for that person you know obviously i can give suggestions but it's for the client themselves to find their way to the new them because it's not right. for me yeah. to say this is how you sort it out because if that doesn't suit their life or, or, you know, they hate it, it's not going to work. So let's just say exercise. I had a client who came to me and said, you know, I want to lose weight. Uh, and at the time, my programs were, well, you come to me for 12 weeks, you come and exercise with me twice a week, and we'll work on your nutrition and habits uh, at the same time as well. And I could see after three, four weeks, that she hated the exercise that we were doing together. And I said to her, you know, and I, yes, it it will work, but I can see you not enjoying it. So if I were to ask you what type of exercise you enjoy doing, what would it be? And she said, you know, I've always wanted to go ballroom dancing. And I'm like, okay. Well, then let's find a course where you can go ballroom dancing. But promise me, I'll give you your money back for the exercise part. But promise me you're going to do two, three times a week of your ballroom dancing. And she's been dancing since. She's loving it. Has she? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't matter what you enjoy doing. It's about the consistency and finding something that works for you. Yes, because unless you love what you do, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Even if it's difficult, you know, even if you know that, for example, in this case, you're going to lose three stone, um, you're not going to want to do it. It's, It's just not going to become part of a, you know, healthier lifestyle. Now, you deal and also with nutrition as well. So what do you do? So I look at what people currently do. Mm-hmm. So I ask them to fill in a food diary and I, I am very, very non-judgmental. So, <laughs> you know, if it is McDonald's on the food diary, it is McDonald's on the food diary. If it is, uh, you know, Pizza Hut or, or chocolate. I mean, I had one client who came up with her food diary and she had 23 bars of chocolate in a day. Uh, you know, happens. The yeah. question. And then I start asking, okay, you know, what happened for you to have to go to McDonald's, for instance? And my client said, look, I got stuck at work. I, it was nine o'clock in the evening. Most of the other places were already closed by the time I got close to home. So I popped by McDonald's and I had a McDonald's because my fridge was empty. There was nothing ready. Um, so I needed to eat something quick when I was starving. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, without, as I said, without judging or anything. So what we put in place was a way for that client to batch cook and always, always, always have at least two, three different meals in the freezer. Ready, you know, home cooked, ready made Uh, meals in the freezer for those days where she's stuck at work because that kind of happened to her every few weeks if not more and um, just take something out of the freezer pop it in the microwave and boom she had a a ready-made homemade cooked you know uh, meal that was healthy as opposed to McDonald's so 
the other person with her 23 bars of chocolate, mm. I, you know, I asked her what happened. She said, oh, I was really angry. I was, I was stressed out and I had one bar and then it, I, I straight away had another one and another one because I just didn't do anything for me. Um, and I just kept on eating and then I felt so bad afterwards that I had another one. And eventually I felt totally sick and I haven't touched any chocolate for the past two weeks, but I needed that right there and then. And I say, okay, well, have you, had you had one bar of chocolate and then waited 20 minutes? Do you think that would have made a difference? She said, yeah, but I just couldn't. I said, fine. So how about when you feel that anger and that stress happening, how about you go for a walk? Five minutes, just five minutes. Get away from whatever you do and get out of the house and go for a five minute walk. Could you do that? And she was like, yeah, I probably could. And that kind of made that little difference, you know, from her eating those bars of chocolate to suddenly breaking that habit that she had and just doing something totally different. Because by the it's time she came back, that anger and stress was already gone. It's a change in thought patterns, isn't it? Totally. And, and so everyone's different and it's about finding what works for them. What's one of the most difficult things, Anne, for people when they're losing weight or want to keep fit or want to change their life? What do they find mostly difficult? One of the things really is, I'd say, facing people around you and around them. So some people will be very supportive. Some others will be totally not. And so some people will try and sabotage. And it's about standing up to your friends or colleagues or anything else um, and be certain enough about what you're trying to achieve. And I think that's one of the, the hardest things is, you know, you go out, you decide to make a change and you go out on an evening out with your friends and they expecting you to be the person they've known you for a long time. Suddenly you're changing and people don't like change. So mm. they're like, oh, come on, you know, one extra glass of wine won't make the difference. Or come on, look, that dessert, you always used to order that dessert. Why don't you now? You know, that temptation. And then you might have the one friend who said, no, no, don't bother her. You know, she's trying something else. Um, it is hard, actually. Becoming that new person is really, really hard. It's not easy because it's peer pressure, isn't it? And it's a comparison always of what someone else is doing. And yeah. sometimes when we change, it actually gives other people a nudge in some sort of direction that maybe you yeah. know, they could also do something. But for whatever ever reason, it's not their time to do it. So it is a lot of pressure mm -hmm. uh, and difficulty at times to have that stamina of courage. Yeah. Now, and when you think of, you know, initially, they don't have any confidence or self-esteem because of their weight. It makes it even harder. Yes, to stand up for themselves in yeah. a way. Yeah. <clears throat> now, what about people that start and then can't keep up the regime in a way? What is one of the most... Um, difficult things is that stops people apart from the peer pressure what is it is it a mindset thing is it I have to say is it a fear thing that stops people actually continuing with say a six-week or an eight-week plan there's probably some bit of fear in it as well Hmm. But I think there is also um, the, the thinking that, and, and, you know, that comes from um, a lot of media and social media, that, and the impatience of people, the fact that, you know, we want results now, we want to look like a certain person, and, um, you know, we, we don't have the patience to keep going. 
And if we think about it, you know, we all have busy lives. We all are busy between work, between family. Some have kids. Uh, some are caring for their parents. We have to stay realistic. And I think that's the one thing that most people are missing is the fact that we're trying to change, but we need to make it real and we need to make it fit within our lives. And if that means that your five stone you want to lose will take two years as opposed to one year, who cares? Mm. Who cares? Just keep going. Just I, keep going. I suppose to give yourself the chance to not beat yourself up yeah. and to make yourself feel guilty because I've seen that with a lot of people that if they're not achieving something in the time they've given themselves, myself included, I have to say, um, we can be very harsh on ourselves, can't we? Definitely can. Self-talk is one of those things that is massive when it comes to weight loss. You know, mm. yeah, you're stupid, you shouldn't have done that, I can't do it, I'm a failure. Uh, there's just so much when it comes to self-talk. I think when it comes to weight loss, even more than anything else, we talk to ourselves all the time and it's about <laughs> changing that language. I mean, I sometimes, you know, I, I have a, a, a new client who started uh, working with me uh, late last week. And, um, you know, we, we looked at her food diary and I said, how do you feel about it? And she said, oh, I'm scoring myself five out of 10. And I'm like, and why is that? Because in my opinion, five out of 10 is quite bad. Um, she said, well, I had that sandwich that I shouldn't have had. I should have had something else. I'm like, okay, but you change your breakfast already to something a little bit healthier. Um, mm. You made sure you had your vegetables in the evening, which, you know, the last few weeks from what you told me you never had. So does that one sandwich make you really a five out of 10? And then she's like, oh, well, maybe not, actually. It's actually not as bad as I thought it was. So we are our worst enemy when we, when we talk to ourselves. And that's one of the things as well that we need to realize is how do we talk to ourselves? And will we talk like that to someone else? Yes. The answer is probably no. It's very true. I mean, there's no one really more critical to us than our own voice. Yeah. But... Um, I hear this a lot, um, friends of mine, clients, you know, they use the word bad and good a yeah. lot. Ooh. And they say to me, I can't eat this, Mimi, because then I'm bad. And I say to them, why are you bad? You know, it doesn't make sense. Well, I'm bad. I've got to be good. And they actually judge themselves on food. Yep. So... <clears throat> This is an, uh, it must be very, very difficult if you're constantly judging who you are as a person and as a character and your success by what you eat, because that's not the way to go, is it, Anne? No, it's not. I mean, one of the things that I read about, and I have no idea who came up with it, um, is, you know, you are not fat, you have fat. And that makes a massive difference if you can accept the fact that you, you yourself are not fat, but you have fat. And having fat makes that, you know, that, that difference in the sense that, okay, well, let's tackle that as opposed to tackling yourself as such. Now, <clears throat> fat, I would... <laughs> Sometimes I know it's a big deal for people, you know, fat, thin, I don't know, round, square, triangle. And, you know, everyone's percep perception of weight is different. Yeah. I can never tell when people have lost weight or gained weight. I don't know what that is about me. I can never tell because <clears throat> it doesn't interest me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be frank with you. It doesn't interest me what somebody looks like. It's what they are as a person. But I know it matters to people now the media portrays that only people that are thin and i'm talking about 
unhealthily thin yeah it's attractive it's successful it's the best way you know everybody else is you know low they're not successful they're an embarrassment that is a lot of pressure on people how do you get over that how do you help your clients to get over that well it's the first thing is you know i don't like comparisons but if you look at uh, one thing i always say is you know look at actresses singers or whoever is in the media the way they look is part of their job okay it's been made as being part of their job so obviously they are going to invest time and money way more than anyone else to look the way that they've been expected to make to to look like so take an actress or an actor in a movie you know they need to look a certain way to play the part that they're playing so they're going to exercise the way they need to they're going to have quite a lot of them have you know uh, cooks that cook for them so they don't have to take care of that they don't have you know their job is looking good in the sense that you know looking whatever way they've been made to be looked when you have a job where you go into the office or at the moment working from home uh when you have kids when at the moment you're homeschooling when um you you know you have a social life and all the other bits and pieces weight loss is just a small part of it it's not your main priority like it is for people in in you know on tv or in the movies so look at it differently how much time do you have to invest in you know looking after yourself they might spend three hours a day do you have three hours a day as a normal person the answer is probably no Mm. So don't expect the same results. And I'm not saying you can never achieve the results. You maybe can, but it will take you much, much, much longer. So if you have an actress who just gave birth and then, you know, six weeks later, you see her again, uh, the way she was before giving birth and, and even maybe slimmer, she's been putting all her time into looking that way. No one as a normal person and i'm talking about a normal person not that they're not normal but you know as a working parent has that amount of time and 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 money to invest in themselves mm, mm. so be realistic yes be realistic into what is your capability as a person yeah. and <clears throat> because everyone's metabolism is different everyone's makeup is different we're all different and one person can eat that, another person can't. So it's important to have people like you that are there to guide, you know, somebody yeah. on that journey that is maybe a little lost in what is right and what is wrong. And if you only have, if you tell me that you only have, you know, three times a week, half an hour to mm. look after yourself, then be realistic of what you can achieve. And that's perfectly fine, by the way. We could work together and try and find, you know, ways to, to increase that time, obviously, because three times half an hour to do everything is not enough. But at the same time, um, you know, your progress will be different than someone who has an hour every day. So it's, not, it's not comparable, is it? You can't. And that's where a lot of people go wrong as well, is just to compare themselves with, you know, the neighbour or the person across the road or things like that, definitely. People need to start with themselves and begin that journey because it is a journey. It's not just about healthy living and uh, well-being and fitness and losing weight. It's it is really... Yeah. It's a way of life, isn't it? It is a way of life. And the interesting thing with it is, you know, you say it's a journey and it's so much of a journey. So as I said at the beginning, you know, I'm a Haribo addict and I, I thrive on, when I say I thrive, I shouldn't say thrive. I used to thrive on sugar. I used to exist on sugar. 
And it took me a long time, even after, you know, I was helping my clients with, with what I do now, I was still, I still had that attraction to sugar because I felt, I felt awful on sugar, but at the same time, I had this thing about, I had this obsession about sugar and what it did for me. And it took me a long time to be able to get to a point where I said, you know what? I don't really need all that in my life anymore. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's where everyone is on their own journey and is ready when they are ready. But start what you can with what you can do and build up on that because it's all a building block of once you mastered something and you feel comfortable, you then will be able to pick up something else that you weren't confident to or that was scary to do before. Like for me, cutting out sugar of my life was the scariest thing I could ever do. I had to be ready for it. And if I hadn't done all the steps previously, I would never have been able to do it. And you've got to want to do it. This is the thing. Yes, exactly. And at that point, I realized that every time I had sugar, I was sleeping badly at night. I felt I had headaches. My tummy was upset. And all these three things, which I had always before as well, but at that moment in time, I knew, is it really worth it? And by that time, I had realized, and that, by the way, was only last year, April time, I realized that actually, it's not worth struggling with it. And the same with alcohol now. If I have one glass, I might still get away with it in the evening. But mm. if I have more than a glass in the evening, I don't sleep at night. And then obviously the next day I feel grumpy and tired. So it's just not worth it. It's actually an education, isn't it, Anne? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people say, well, you know, well, they should know better and they should, you know, and we should and we should and we should. But we can't unless somebody teaches us and shows us this is the thing i think it's a lack of knowledge in a lot of cases that look for example with you maybe you're more disciplined than some people but if you have sugar and you have alcohol and you have this and harry bows and this it's a quick fix to feel good in that moment but afterwards you feel pretty crap um if you don't have it you feel good but you've got to know the difference, I suppose. You have to see both ends of the scale. Yeah. And it's about asking the questions about, you know, how does it make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've written a book, Anne. Yeah. And um, it's Five Simple Steps to Releasing the Real You. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that book. So I, I wanted to be able to, you know, share my my thinking around weight loss in a, a bigger way and to to more people so a book was obviously uh, the way to go um the book is divided in three parts the first part is all about um the the problem with weight loss so what's happening today mm-hmm. the second part is finding your why and the third part uh, goes through mindset habits, um, nutrition, exercise, and sleep and stress. And throughout the book, there are loads of questions that make you think. And those questions will challenge you to think about what you do as opposed to just following a blueprint that someone else has written for you. And it will, be, will help you uncover lots of things that um, you are currently doing, why you're doing them, and how you can change them. And the book is already available, it is. isn't it? It came out um, a day after the UK went into lockdown. Oh, my goodness. The right time as well. Uh, yes and no, because I think at that time, I think for many of us, me included, by the way, um, it was quite of a shocking and stressful mm. time about, you know, what's happening, how am I going to cope? And uh, people weren't really thinking about themselves, their health and other things. However, you know, as we're getting 
you know, out of lockdown, I think it now is the time to really review what you've been doing before and seeing how am I going to move forward. For all of us, things are going to change. You know, as you said, some people will continue and work from home and never go back to the office. Um, some people will combine a bit of office work and more homework. Um, some people might suddenly, you know, have more time on their hands because they're not commuting. Now is the time to really look at what did you like before lockdown? What did you not like before lockdown? And how are you planning to change those? It's an opportunity. It really is an opportunity to make some changes. It's a huge opportunity. And I think that each one of us in our own life has to really, as you said, think about this very, very deeply. Because there is a reason, a profound reason on many levels that this has happened, you know, um, to the world as we see it. So, Anne, what is your future vision? What are your goals? My goal is to do whatever I do now in a much bigger way. Um, I would love to be working with people all over the world and just inspire them to look after themselves. Um, I'm a big believer that when you are looking after yourself and be at your optimal health, um, you're not just true to yourself, but you also have that ripple effect that um, affects everything and everyone around you as well. And that's kind of, you know, something I would love to spread the word about. And one of the things that, you know, lockdown has, has brought is that um, I need to work much more online. And so my online course is coming out in, in July. Uh, and I just, for me, it's about spreading the word and helping people online wherever they are, really. And what's the course about? So the course will be based on my book. Uh, and we are going to work on uncovering and unraveling what doesn't work, what works. And then moving forward on, okay, so I know what works, so I'm going to build up on that. I know what doesn't work, so let's see how I can make it work. And build a plan based on the five steps when it comes to mindset, habits, nutrition, exercise, sleep and stress. And make it work for each and every one on the course. And is there a name for the course yet? Bid it. What what was that? Beat the eat. Meet the eat. Beat beat from beating beating. Oh, beat, beat the eat. Yes. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Are you strict? No, not from beating like uh, hitting someone. <laughs> 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 oh dear, dear. Oh, that made me yeah. laugh. No, I mean, are you strict as in um, as a coach? I am and I am not. Some coaches are really yes. strict. I've met some really strict people and then others are not so strict at all. So I am very, um, I'm demanding without being felt as being strict. So I will always ask questions, but at the same time, coming from where I'm coming from, from my own experience, I understand that you need to be uh, understanding to what's happening. So not hitting people about, you know, oh, you've done really badly or whatever, but just yeah. finding out how could you do it differently next time? Which is, you know, a very free way of thinking and works with that person individually as opposed to being harsh because harshness usually doesn't get the right results, does it? No, I tried with myself. It doesn't work. So yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Being gentle and loving, I think, has far more um, better results in the long run. And it's, you know, what we love to do is what we keep doing throughout our life. Now, Anne, where can people get hold of you? What your social media, your website? So I am on social media, obviously. I'm on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Mm -hmm. All under my own name. Uh, uh, my website is annaarchie.com. So 
easy as well. Um, and that's about it, really. And, and people yeah. can get hold of you. Um, they're free to oh, yeah. message you or whatever, wherever they are, to make an appointment or to talk with you okay. or whatever. I always uh, talk to anyone I potentially will work with because I want to make sure that we are on the same wavelength. And that you're a good fit together, I suppose. It, it, it matters, doesn't it? Because you can be the best therapist or the best client, but the two in synergy have to be able to work together. 100%. Mm. Now, I always ask, finally, my guests, and if they were to give some inspirational advice to the listeners, what would it be that's helped them in their life and along their path? Be true to yourself. Find your values and live by them. And just keep going, never give up. You know, life will, will you know, put some spanners in the wheel or, or other things. Just keep going. If you believe in what you are doing, just keep going. Don't give up. No, never. Don't give up. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Anne, for joining me today. It's really, it's been an eye-opener for a lot of things. And um, I'm very grateful for you coming on today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. And come again and let us know how your course is doing and your book and everything else. Um, I wish you all the very best with that. Thank you very much. All right then, take care. Bye. Bye. Annie Archie giving us lots of handy tips on healthier living and healthier lifestyle and how, as always, it all begins with us and changing our mindset to achieve the goals that we are striving for. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you can join me and look forward to your company on the next episode. Until then, take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life. Brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovic.co.uk.